Whoa, whoa, welcome back. It's Jokerman, and this is part two of Beneath 2000 Leagues Under nope. the Red Sky. <laughs> I'm Evan. Feels like it, man. I'm Ian. And we're joined by Sam France. Once again. Once again. Returning, returning champion, a uh, great musician who only awesome. makes lost albums these days. Uh, if, yeah. We'll, just, we'll try to get those to you as. We'll give you a clue about where to find them. Yeah, well, I've that? got stuff coming out. I mean, I've got big plans too. You know, I'm just like posting alone. I'm just kind of just do, doing things at my own pace. <laughs> I've straight up heard some of this the music that you're talking about, which has not been released yet, and it's very good. It's soul nourishing, uh, spiritual rock and roll, freak folk, punk rock music, and everyone should hear it. Um, Thank we're you, man. still scientists okay. are still working out how how you can actually hear this music. But um, today we're talking about different music. We're talking about side B of uh, uh, the red sky. Uh, Bob Dylan, look it up in the red sky. Bob Dylan on in front of a mountain. <laughs> Bob Dylan sitting in front of a mountain with, I'm just describing the cover, which I, oh, I love that is. Cover. Well, the cover we haven't talked about yet. Thank you, yeah, Sam. we got to talk about the cover. The cover, uh, you know, I was just in Joshua Tree, the uh, place. What is, yeah, where is it? Well, where that's in cover? California. It's, uh, it's, I don't know, where the fuck, where is it? I know where Joshua Tree is. It's in the desert. It's in, uh, like, I'm by getting Paul ahead Fritz. of myself. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, where's the, the cover taking? Well, the cover, uh, it looks like he's in um, Yucca Valley, right? In, in, like, near Joshua Tree. He just his uh, Dylan sort of crouched down. Yeah, um, I feel like that a lot. I feel, I feel like how he looks on that album is yeah. how I feel a lot nowadays. I'm always just kind of like, reco- I'm just like, my soul's just like, I don't know. I'm just like, I crouch in front of a lot of mountains like that nowadays, man. Yeah, you want to <laughs> crouch down sort of like in front of a, like miles away, but sort of still in front of a Western town in the desert. Yeah, I'm always just, I, nowadays I'm just kind of like, I'm just like that. Like, like that's my spirit animal right. is that the way he looks there. That's kind of how I'm, you know, he's not, he's just, he's taking a moment, you know, to just be in, the, in he's taking a moment for himself, you know? And he's wearing very cool boots. And the, and the back cover, he looks really hip too. Sorry. Yeah, you know, he does. Well, again, with the footwear on the back cover, what's he wearing? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me, Sam? Are they he's like, wearing are they like Nikes? They're, Nikes. I was going to say Reeboks. Yeah. He looks exactly like Rado. On the back, covers. he does look like Rado. On the back yeah. cover, that is exactly how Rado dresses, and that's Rado's. I mean, Rado looks like Bob Dylan sometimes. You know, it's yeah, like like, like it, it's it's a real Rado-y angle. You know, it's just he looks so much like Rado on the fucking back. I'm sorry, it's insane. Yeah, he does. Anyway, what what's the first song on side B, Ian? Side B, uh, track one, ten thousand men. All right. Oh. Yeah, not one of the more memorable ones. Well, there's just a better version of it. There's a there's there's it's 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 just like uh it's just like Cold Irons Bound on 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 fucking um what uh, what's time it out of mind. Uh, yeah, on time out of mind. That's but that's a cool version. Like it's the same fucking song, but like it's just, that's a way cooler version. I feel like and I might be talking about. I think I'm talking about the right track. Ten thousand men. No, I wait. Aren't you talking about um? What's the one in that's like a couple more after this? 
Um, God knows. God perhaps? knows is the one that sort of reminds me of a time out of mind sort of uh, effort. But let me see. Let me see. This this song is just kind of like goofy, and he's has still never played this live. Ian, can you can he's you check played, that? What? A single time, one, November 12, one time. 2000. What, really? He yep, played in, this, in South he played Kingston, this one, Rhode Island. He played this one time. Mm hmm. Okay. Does it change into No, that melody of like. Da 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 that that I feel is that this song I feel like this is that's this song and that's also something on time out God, of mind. You're so musical, Sam. That's so that's so great. That does sound that does sound like Cold Iron's Bound. I know you're right Iron's about that, Bound? but I I yeah, but I don't know that that's this song. He's doing that same melody on this song. On are we talking about Ten Thousand Men? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, Rado is going to be on for Cold Iron's Bound for uh, Time Out of Mind. That's his promise to us, but. If he flakes, then you're you're gonna come back. <laughs> he'll do it. He he'll, he got me into that record. You know, that's one of my all time faves. God, what a good record! But anyway, Iconic. what do we think of this song? Ten Ten K Men. I, don't I didn't get re- through it. I don't. I don't blame <laughs> you. Uh, apparently, it is. Uh, I've got some some notes here uh, based on an old English nursery rhyme. Uh, about sure. ten thousand men or ten thousand women or something Nursery like rhymes that. again, yeah. This one sounds a little bit like it belongs on Down in the Groove, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, less, less so. Yeah. Time out of mind. Just a kind of like a shambling, not particularly. There's this weird like you can hear the tape reel start up at the beginning of this song. Oh yeah. Um, which apparently was just like they Bob and the band were kind of vibing in the studio, and the engineer they were they were just kind of dicking around. The engineer just like heard him catch something. And so we just queued up the tape, and then this is what came oh, out. Oh, really? Well, that mm-hmm. definitely changes my opinion of this thing. <laughs> because in that case, uh, it's actually good. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I mean I mean that, though. Like, if I hear that this was kind of a spontaneous thing with no forethought, I, I do kind of want to warm up to it considering that. Like, that is a very different thing than a song that was premeditated and written and made to be ex- executed a certain way. Like there are different categories of listening to music. A band that I think the is really important to helping to like hone and realize this kind of nuance is a uh, can. I'm just going to like throw this in here. Wow. You know, most of what can recorded and, and created is jams that were kind of like recorded you know the cam the the tape started rolling when it seemed like something good was happening and then they cut it it's something more akin to jazz or something like that like it's just riffing it's shooting the breeze it's uh, attempting music so what this has going for it is it's like jazz it's like jazz you know <laughs> it it sounds to me also uh, like it like Sonically, it sounds like something off of Down in the Groove. Lyrically, it sounds like something off of, uh, you know, the Basement Tapes or something. Just like some random kind of collection. Exactly. I guess that's what I mean. It's like the Basement Tapes, that sort of feeling of just like being with the boys, recording something as it comes out. And I don't want to like denigrate it and be like, this isn't a great song. Like, uh, it's it's not attempting to be. So, yeah. Uh, So it is what it is. Um, Next song. Yeah, what do we have next? 
This is actually my favorite song. Oh, really? On the record. This next one here. And that's going to be two by two. Two that's X two. Your, that's your favorite song. <laughs> yeah. It's the best song on the record. Oh, my God. I'm shocked. Well, of course, you it. you like a man gave name to all the animals. Yeah, and that, great. This is, that's what this is. Yeah, it's 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 very vibey. Uh, it, like I'm oh I'm in God. I'm into this record for the vibes, and I agree with Sam. I think the title. I think Under the Red Sky, the song has the vibes on the first side. I think Two by Two has the vibes on the second. Well, side. Well, this one has hey, that hey, interesting hey. intro, right? Where it's like, Da-na-na-na-na. right? Exactly. It's a weird. I think in my notes I just wrote that this is a, a strange, uh, musical moment. Yeah, I I, yeah, no I, I said what a weird sound. Boring. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> I have oh, no, no idea what yeah, Bob yeah, is sorry. going on about this song. Yeah, no, I like this is a definitely this is definitely yeah, the highlight I would say of of side 2 for sure. Hell yeah. Wow. Sounds like you're outvoted on this one, Ed. It's not like I have that solid an opinion about this track. But um, go <laughs> I don't have a solid opinion about this album, but I, I, I had to look. I'm looking through. I'm even listening. I'm cheating. I'm listening this time. Came prepared. I'm like listening quietly to the tracks and being like, oh, yeah, okay, that one, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's definitely the best one on that side, I would say. This is also the second appearance of uh, of the Cross, uh, and the first appearance of Elton John at the end of this uh, okay. song. Who has yeah, a, I can see that. Uh, a piano solo, just yeah. truly an odd collection of uh, of studio musicians and friends of the artist uh, appearing on this record. Which maybe uh, uh, on that note, Evan, you could kind of give us your unified theory of what's going on on Under the Red Sky and why Should I all reveal of these. It now? Why I guess now is the time Hollywood's celebs and music industry sickos are making appearances. You know, maybe I should have said this at the beginning of of all of our. You've teased the listeners. I've teased it. Okay. To me, this record only begins to make actual sense when you view it as not the first Bob Dylan solo record of the '90s, but the first Lucky Wilbury solo effort of of all time oh, wow that's you're right that's this album is not a bob dylan record it is a lucky wilbury album <laughs> that is my uh that's what i am here to say and uh i think when you read the record that way everything starts to fall into place yeah when you see this album as a, as a lucky wilbury effort there is no uh mystery to it everything makes sense suddenly the like weird number of like high profile guest stars the -hmm. fact that most of it sounds like a children's nursery rhyme or it was like literally done like off the cuff without having written it before um (laughs) the fact that like the one like poignant song is like a shitty Mm -hmm. version uh re-recorded of a song from a different record um (laughs) This is Lucky Wilbury's magnum opus, and, and to that uh, point, I I have to think about it differently. And I personally, I've yeah. made the choice to love it in some weird way. Um, so that that's what I would propose to you as the, the listener. Open open your mind. Um, tenet slash inception style to this mm-hmm. to this album being 
made by Lucky Wilbury and not Bob Dylan. I think that is a really uh, brilliant way of decoding what's going on on Under the Red Sky and and makes all of the pieces fall into place. Well, you know, this was recorded right at the tail end of this like two year period where the two Wilbury records came out. And I, I believe that Bob Dylan was influenced by that time working as, as lucky or um, I forget what his other name was for boo Wilbury or whatever Mm -hmm. it was for Mm -hmm. the, well, the second Wilbury record actually uh, volume three is uh, something that we're going to do um, sooner rather than later on the Patreon. Um, Once we begin uh, this month, actually doing Patreon episodes, you can look forward to uh, that coming in the near future. Um, So give us $5. if you want to hear that. Uh, Yeah. I, I, I really think that that actually is kind of like my personal key to understanding and sort of like finding some yeah. love and light in this in this record and maybe it was like sort of a, a twin peaks kind of thing where like bob dylan was trapped in the black lodge for this period of time and lucky wilbury somehow made his way into our right, realm and inhabited his personage for three years yeah he's um he's dougie yeah exactly it, it's dougie um that's yeah, that's that. just a, a good way to, to, to experience this album, I think. Um, I love that. I love and that. I think if you try to plug some of the Lucky Wilbury joints into this record, uh, you know, Congratulations or Dirty World or something like that, yeah, they fit right in, in seamlessly with what's going on on all of these songs. Like it, they, they, oh, yeah. You wouldn't raise an eye. He's coming from um, that same place for sure. That place, exactly. Yeah, whatever. Just Yeah, man. I like that a lot. That explains it. Well, we saw you solved it. You saw there. You have it. Yeah, folks. no, I've, I've. It's the it's the, the the Da Vinci Code. I've, I've if anybody used. disagrees, like any fans that are listening, you can fuck off. That's right. <laughs> Sam said right so off. I don't have to, and that's why he's my protector and my friend. That's right. Um, yeah, I will personally destroy you in whatever comment section or wherever you want to go, bro. Wherever you want to go, bro. You want to talk shit on Dylan? You want to talk shit on Evan? I will fucking meet you up. I will meet you in the comments, bro. Let's go. Didn't you tell me that one story one time where where some guy came up to you in an alley with a knife and went, y'all better run. Yeah, that happened to me in Oakland and he took my blunt. That's But that's how you roll in Oakland, you know? No, but that's such a cool way to do it, to intimidate <laughs> someone and go, y'all better run. I think he also may have lit a, lit a fire down the street and then proceeded to come straight towards me. What a cool guy. Shouts out to that guy who mugged. <laughs> I gave, you know, I was, I was not arguing. That's how you got to go sometimes. And sometimes you got to, you know, take somebody's blunt. So we, I feel like we haven't really talked about the music though of, uh, of God knows or handy dandy. Where are we now? Yeah. Well, we, uh, we wrapped up two by two, which we all agreed was the best song on the record. I, 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 best yeah. song on the second second side, I would say. Second side, sure. Absolutely. For me personally. Well, then we got God Knows, which is, I feel like... It's a cover the, of a Beach Boys song with the wrong God title somehow. Uh, God Knows is a song that God attempts knows to be the best song on this side, but I don't think it is. He's mentioning God. 
again. Uh, it, what, it, it almost has it? this feeling of like being like a "It's All Right" ma. Like it has that kind of like yeah. uh, menacing guitar progression, but it doesn't. It doesn't uh, hit those heights. And apparently, from what I've read, it's it was one of the more difficult songs to to get down in the studio. In the studio, they were having some trouble. With this is the second uh, the second of. Uh, two tracks on this record that are just Oh Mercy leftovers. Um, this is another one that was supposed to f- be on that record. I want to bring up something that I, I forgot to mention is that briefly, I don't know if you're familiar with NRBQ. Uh, are you? Who are you addressing here? Either of you. The I'm New not. Rhythm and Blues Quintet. I don't believe so. Well, there's sort of a cult uh, rock group um that a lot of people really like my friend of the pod gabriel bernini really likes them and um he uh anyway dylan worked with them uh briefly to do some some tracks which never made uh the light of day including apparently a a cover of some enchanted evening which we could assume is a cover of the actual mm. show tune standard anyway um that was never something that surfaced but and an interesting footnote here, just because that's that's strange to think that possibly Dylan recorded some Enchanted Evening, a track he would later record on Triplicate, I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, did he? Okay. Um, was cool, it, tri- it was either Triplicate or one of those of that era. Um, anyway, I just want to mention that because we're going to get into that stuff at some point soon. But um, NRBQ, anybody who likes them, just know that Bob Dylan once uh, apparently recorded music with them. Anyway, back to uh, God Only Knows. Great song by the Beach Boys. <laughs> and um, this Dylan ver- version lacks some of that panache, I would say. It's missing a word. You know, God only, God knows. Right. So God only knows. So you know, it's, it's about two-thirds as good as, uh, as the original. I'm not say. sure if I finished the record at this point. I think... Um, you did you know, good. I think it's one of the great Dylan records, one of the greatest, possibly the greatest <laughs> ever made. <laughs> Um, but I, I think, I do think it's my favorite Bob Dylan album. I don't think I've heard the whole thing, but right. I think at this point I started listening to saved Yeah, and I was like, damn, that, uh, that, that album is underrated, especially we by could, the Joker man, which we have we to do. Could, a uh, that's right. We could, I wanted to, to take a moment and, and relitigate the, the great saved debate on right, here right. because well, I, I do, I do know that you are one of the, the, the world's biggest saved fans. Well, you'll Sam. be happy to know, Sam. I don't know if you listened to our last episode where we talked about the eighties and I haven't re- got the last one. Well, uh, I'll just have, you know, that we relitigated our '80s three-star. I know that you did do that, and yeah. I'll tell you what—that was funny. I, I left saved. I gave it three stars. You gave it three? I did. All right, I'm not. All right, cool. We're good. We're good. I don't have any. I changed uh, "Slow Train" to two stars. That's totally fair. I don't give a fuck. But I gave That's saved awesome. three stars, and the reason I did that is because I I really believe saved is the purest expression of Christian mm. Dylan, um, yes. and I th- I think that for that reason only, if anything, I I really believe that it it deserves that three, because it's um, it it's just such a an uncut gem, you could say. You know, it's got it's got no impurities. 
Yeah, I mean, like, like I was saying earlier, you know, it's like, it's like I was supposed to do Save because it's one of my favorites, but then I got, I got slow train, and then, and then Ian Sphenonius thought he was getting slow train, but he did Save, and then I was like, okay, well, listen to you guys do Save, and then you guys did Save, and then you just shat on Save, man. I was no, like, I, was I like, didn't shit on. Guys, I gave did... it three stars originally, <laughs> Sam. I literally gave it three fucking stars. I needed to be there to defend it. You know what I mean? Because all right, but you know, I I think you did, you must have not even finished that episode because I gave it three stars. The rest of the I, guys, I can't speak for them. I I you know what I I I forgive the whole franchise for it. Uh, I just had to get that out there, and I just had to say the one my one note is that I really think it's one of Dylan's best vocal performances on any album. I think he's absolutely out of control on that record absolutely insane like all over three different octaves straight up soul singing he's nailing like soul singing and oh he's doing like actual soul singing and it's like that's why one thing i'm done i'm done i'm done i I just don't want to agree with you sam i think that you you of all people it's important for people like us who are no talent medium talent type people who are just talking no about talent. these records to to talent. defer every now and then to somebody who actually is up there at the front lines in the in the trenches That's like true. That's France, a good point. who's making yeah. music and uh made music as recently as twenty eighteen. Uh <laughs> as, as physically Release, released, released music as recently as twenty eighteen. And, and uh I in, used to in, play live too. No, no, you did, and you did a, a tremendous job. And that's why I, I'm saying I'm retired to somebody who is actually making music and and recording albums and has that history and that skill. That's who you really need to listen to when it comes to what's a good vocal. I'm the third Joker man, basically, is what you're saying. Yes, yes, no, that that is what I'm saying. I I get on you guys sometimes. I say, stop too hard. Okay, I'm going to point out something else, Sam. Something else that we're leaving in 2020 is self-deprecating humor that we're done with that. <laughs> oh, we're not love being, it. we're not being self-deprecating anymore. Woody Allen is done. Woody Allen is actually stronger than ever because he's not in his movies. anymore. <laughs> his next movie, um, actually features, uh, Wallace Shawn. If it ever comes out. Wait, really? Yeah. Wallace Shawn oh. stars as the Woody surrogate. As the Woody surrogate. Interesting. It's called the right. Ripley's I, I, Festival. I love Wallace Shawn. You don't know. Wait, Rick is he the guy from uh from uh, uh My Dinner with Andre? My Dinner with Andre. And uh Princess Bride. Princess, Princess Bride. I was in an elevator with him one time. Yeah? I once saw him yeah. at the restaurant which is now uh gone um called uh Mr. Donahue's. It, it was uh on uh Mott Street, I think. He's a sweetheart. He's a he's a really nice person. He's a great man. He's a he's an incredible uh talent and he's an incredible uh, I wish him a, a nothing but the best and of health and he happiness. He was very and, kind to me when I was very young. Yeah. You you actually spoke words with Wallace Shawn. I did. I, I We were both at the DGA because my dad's a director. And so we, we, we were seeing something at the DGA. And that, back then you had to leave your phone. Couldn't even bring your phone in. What is the DGA? And I got it, oh, the, sorry. The Directors Guild Hellenic. of America. The Directors, Directors Guild. And they have, their own, wow. they have their own theater in LA and they show screenings and stuff. So I was going to one and... And but you couldn't bring your cell phone in there, and so I had to go. I ran back to the parking lot and I got in the elevator. And Wallace, it was just me and Wallace Shawn. I was probably about I don't know a teenager, and Wallace Shawn struck up the conversation. Was just like you got to, so, you got to, 
bring your phone back. Like you gotta bring your flag, phone. You, know? you gotta bring your phone back in here. I don't. I can't yeah. do his voice. I just sound like no, I'm you, you almost had it there at the beginning, but then it kind that of really, faded. That was really so, good. He's just like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. You got stuck with the dude. I was like, yep. And I was like, man, that's that was, they that was make nice. you take your phone and then they make you put it back. I don't know. That's, I've lost it. No, that's, yeah, that's really pretty good. good. I feel I like I'm edging up upon uh, David Lynch, where they make you take your phone and then they make you put it down. <laughs> Both of those were fucking perfect, man. Perfect impressions. You you hit it. You hit. You were I in it. I just can't stand it. It's just crazy <laughs> that they make you take your phone in and then they make you put it down. You've got it. You're missing the lisp, but you've got it other than that. Well, I was trying to do David Lynch there. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just crazy that they they that Sam France isn't appreciated as much as he should be as one of the <laughs> greatest music artists of all time. I think you've got it. Some That's of his Some of his records are just fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, Wallace Sean. You have such good taste. You've always been supportive of me ever since that elevator, man. Oh, Under the Red Sky is a flaw album. It's not, <laughs> it's not very good. Not even Wallace Shawn can get it out, man. <laughs> it's the best Dylan album ever. Made. Well, so uh, who did you say, Ian? Somebody said that it was the the cursed phrase. The yes, best yeah. since Blood uh, on the Tracks. Yeah, Chris Gow said that it was the it was the best since Blood on the Tracks. Folks at folks at home playing Jokerman Bingo, you can you can cross that off on your card. God, best since Blood, Blood on the Tracks. Folks at home, uh, folks listening at home, this is my second Grey Bowl. This is uh, do, this is dedicated to Chris Gow. Hell yeah! The crack of the Grey Bowl means that we're at the what? Are we at the final track of the record? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, you're not getting up that easy yet. Uh, we've got two more to go. Uh, handy Dandy. Oh. Fuck yeah. Handy Dandy's fucking awesome. <laughs> this, this, okay. this album's so stupid. It makes sense now, though, after the theory. I'm down with it. Yeah. Great. You see what I mean? That This is a Lucky Wilbury effort. This is not a Lucky Wilbury song. Lucky Wilbury song. Lucky's a stupid little character. Yeah. He, this is literally, it's literally like in like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like this is yeah. like a tune made this album. A little, yeah, exactly. Only yeah. a tune could have come up with a record this stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I love it. I love everything now. 10 out of 10. Uh, yeah, three start. Mile. I'm uh, I'm gonna just go ahead. No, I'll wait. I'm just now gonna pour one out for um Bob Hoskins, one of the great actors. Mario, play Mario. The regret of his life. <laughs> Handy dandy. Handy dandy. <laughs> What are some lyrics? What are some handy dandy lyrics? I need handy some. Dandy, I need just some. like uh, what does he say? Like handy dandy. dandy. He got a stick in his hand and a pocket full of money. He says, "Darling, tell me the truth. How much time I got?" She says, "You got all the time in the world, honey." Handy dandy, handy dandy. <laughs> all right, can I can I ask you guys something? Do you Jesus. think this song is more likely a a third person autobiographical song, or do you think that it's a diss track about Prince? Why is it a diss track about <laughs> Prince? I just read that somewhere that it might be. <laughs> okay, I think that uh, if we're gonna if we're gonna take the Lucky Wilbury theory as gospel, I prefer to think of uh, Handy Dandy existing in the same uh, extended cinematic universe as Tweeter and the Monkey Man. I yeah. think you're onto something. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Wait, I wonder where the un- undercover cop is in this scenario. 
Well, maybe Handy Dandy is the undercover cop. Holy shit. Handy Dandy, he got a basket of flowers and a bag full of sorrow. He finishes He's his doing drink. doing a podcast with Christopher Nolan himself. <laughs> wow. Handy Dandy is the monkey man. <laughs> if the undercover cop. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. Film. Keep it going. Run, don't walk to your local theater to see Tenet. Um... I don't really have a whole lot else to say about Handy Dandy except for the... The, the fact about uh, Handy Dandy that made me, like, vomit. Right. The fa- the factoid that I, I sent to you just before we started recording, uh, which... Do you need to give the listener, like, a bit of a second just to... Just take a breath and then tell them. I'm going to I'm gonna take... Yeah, let me... Yeah. Catch, catch your breath. You should be Make sitting sure down when you hear this. You're seated. Put my stage on. Listen to the song Handy Dandy and then... Pause this, and then come back and listen to what I'm about to say. Uh, Handy Dandy uh, was originally a 34-minute long song. Oh, no. (laughs) After careful editing that left off, quote, some amazing solos by Jimmy and Stevie. Um, That's Jimmy Vaughn and Stevie Ray Vaughn. Stevie Ray Vaughn, R.I.P. The song took shape. Uh, and they ended up just clipping about four minutes of a 34-minute riff session on Handy Dandy and then dropping it onto the record, which you can actually hear because the song fades out at, at the end of it, and it just kind of starts in the middle, you know, kind of at an arbitrary moment. Uh, so somewhere at some point in the future on some bootlegs, you know, bootleg series 83 or something, uh, all of the Under the Red Sky cut material, we're going to get a 34-minute version of handy dandy and maybe that'll be the uh you know the the legendary legacy making song that we've all been waiting for yeah um the when you told me that this song was originally 30 what 34 34 minutes, minutes yes i was reminded of um a cer- a similar sort of revelation that i had where um the uh the film by Sam Peckinpah, director of Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, he mm. he also directed uh the film version, the the movie, feature length film of uh Convoy, the novelty song from the seventies. <laughs> and uh there was a time in my life before I knew the following fact and after. Um before I knew that the movie Convoy was originally to be 220 minutes long. <laughs> Jesus Christ. My life was different. I'd watched the movie Convoy and then learned that fact. And after learning that fact, having just watched the movie, I laughed harder than I ever have in my entire life. And um, it almost <laughs> like broke my mind that this movie, based on like a, a song of like three minutes was eventually was originally intended Sam Peckinpah was actually fired from that production because he was had a debilitating cocaine habit and was an alcoholic or something um noted cool dude who rocked Sam Peckinpah incredible director great man um Sam Peckinpah he wanted the movie to be too good and so they fired him and yeah. um it was originally to be 220 minutes long um which um just do the math. That's six, twelve, eighteen, twenty. So three hours and forty minutes. Yeah. What the world 
is missing. We we will never know what we're missing without a three hour and forty minute cut of the Sam Peckinpah. Yeah, three hour and forty minute cut of Convoy. You know that's the the message of the movie Tenet. It's you never know about mm. the bomb <laughs> that doesn't go off. Mm. And you know and why? Time. It's because um, it's because some a group of guys going backwards and also forwards in time are um, saving you all the time. From bomb, all right, on that note, bombs. I'm gonna I'm gonna blaze. Cheers. Hell yeah. Smoke up, brother. Because we've only got six more songs on this record. <laughs> where, where are we at, Ian? Uh, we're we're coming in for landing here. Actually, uh, we are concluding. Oh, our final descent. Uh, under a red sky, the the sun has set. The sky is no longer red. It's faded to a nice, cool navy blue. Wait, can, black. can we please actually talk about the song "Handy Danny" for one second? I don't know who. What else what do it's you have about. to say? I just don't know. I mean, it's like as. as <laughs> According to Clinton Halen, he says, I personally find it quite delightful, although it seems to infuriate many. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He says, what it seems at a first glance like a series of non sequiturs actually builds up a very precise portrait of this handy dandy. (laughs) (laughs) Is that... Is that is that how we would describe it? Handy Dandy sitting with a girl named Nancy in a garden, feeling kind of lazy. He says, yeah, they're, they're, "You want a gun? I'll give you one." She says, "Boy, you talking crazy?" That's what I Handy call Dandy. A, a nuanced character study. it's up there with the great runaway of of like a Rolling Stone. It's the it's the great. It's like one of the great. It's one of the great Dylan characters, Handy Dandy. Absolutely. All right. Can I'm we looking just, forward to the let's, the let's reboot of Handy Dandy, the gritty reboot of Handy Dandy, <laughs> just called Dandy, or Handy, as the case may be. Or Handy, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's bring this. Uh, let's bring this one in uh, for a home. close here with uh, <laughs> another uh, Stone Cold Knockout. Maybe uh, perhaps the song that's been played live most often really? by Bob on the record. Cats uh-huh. in the 299 well. times. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> really? That would, of course, be Cats in the Well. I have to confess that I really, as many times as I've listened to this, it, it like, refuses to stick in my head is when I can remember. I feel like I haven't heard it. Yeah. Do you know the song, Ian? You're the one one guy left who's maybe heard it. Let me just play it low and see if I can remember it. We appreciate all our fans here on Jokerman, the world's foremost experts on Bob Dylan, who can't even remember the song. On it's the my album. favorite. Well, well it's is Cats God, in the Well really like? What, uh, what apparently Bob Bob like you know it's it's another good. kind of uh, um, uh, children's rhymey kind of song you know. But Cats um, in the damn well still too. It's all kind of it's always like arc. Yeah, it's a it's a dark song and it has a dark theme i think he was going for that brothers grim thing he's going for that like old like you know like uh nursery rhyme how they were all dark or about the plague or whatever i think he i think he was like kind of there was that slight thing yeah yeah he's giving it that uh that old uh yeah dark spooky ending of a a (coughs) fairy tale yeah like Anyway, the or like a of a you know Edgar Allan Poe, you know, sort of like the cats in the well, the cats. So is is this is this song him just going the cats in the well? Da, 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 you know, I don't I mean, know. It's, it's not too far off of that. It, 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 uh, 
I think this one fits in a little bit uh, uh, along the same line of something like 10,000 Men, which as these like sort of basement yeah. tipsy kind of just like exercises and throwing words out there and not really caring what they mean so much. Uh, you know, we've got the cat's in the well and the barn is full of bull. The cat's in the well and the barn is full of bull. The night is so long and the table is oh so full. The barn oh so is full, full like, of... The barn is full of bull. The barn's full <laughs> I of like bull. that. <laughs> you got a barn full of bull. That's what you yeah. call uh, having... When you got the cat in the well, you know, your barn's for bull. Well, when you got the cat in the well, uh, that's one problem. It just but makes but the when you got the barn theory. full of bull uh, on top God, of that. Oh, God, you've got uh, nothing but issues. You're the really in makes Everything makes sense, Evan, man. Well, you know, yeah, I, that's the thing. I, I want to reiterate my theory. This is a Lucky Wilbury album. He's thinking about the bulls in the barn? Okay, I don't give a That's all he knows about. He's a tune. Yeah, it's it, this tune just, killed your brother. <laughs> that's what this record is. He's a tune. Enjoy it. Just enjoy the ride. Okay? Yeah. If you don't like it, see me in the comments. I'll see you there. Show up and I'll, I'll blast you. I'll yeah. blast you. I'll put you on blast. I'll put all my fans on you. All my fans and all the Kesha fans will put you on blast. They will back me up and they will be with me in the comments. So hit me up. I'll see you there. I'll blast you. I'll blast you with my, with my ray gun. Get at me. That's right. Uh, anyway, I think that's now time that we can just kind of sum up this record. I feel like we all have really spoken to great depth about what this album is and what what we all believe about this record, and I think we've come to a consensus. How how many stars out of three do we give this album? I will give it three stars as a Lucky Wilbury album. I will give it one star as a Bob Dylan album. I, I, uh, I also have to do the exact same thing. <laughs> you guys know how I'm, I'm going three out of three across the board. Best Dylan album. If you don't like it, get on me in the comments. I will blast you. I'll bring the heat. I'll bring the heat. I'll make you hot. I'll make you melt. I can sell charcoal to the devil. I'll make you like this album when I'm done. I'll sell ice to, I'll sell ice to the abominable snowman. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. Uh, yeah, three out of three, A plus. All a right. plus for me. Bye-bye. Well, this is the this is the first episode of Jokerman of the year. Well, the second, because the second. But um, I feel like we've really made our case for being a mainstay of culture with this. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Of Bob Dylan uh, podcast culture, I mean. You don't like the show, a blast, y'all. Bring the heat. Yeah, you know, I care about the listeners. Ian cares about the listeners. Um. Sam, uh, let me tell you something. He does not care about the listeners. He doesn't care about their health or their goodwill. He'll blast you. No, I care so much more about the show. I say care about the host. Yeah, I would, I would like to emphasize that uh, neither Evan nor I will be blasting any listeners. No, no, no. We will never uh, criticize the show. If you criticize Evan, if you criticize Ian, if you criticize Dylan for a moment, I'll blast you. Yeah, so just please, uh, I, it would be my advice, my personal advice, that you should give us a good review on an Apple podcast, you should actually uh, tell your friends and family to uh, to uh, become patrons on Patreon with Jokerman at Patreon.com. Absolutely. And where you'll get swipe two bonus episodes. I'm going to swipe you like a credit card if you don't swipe and get on their Patreon. See, see, like, don't listen to me. I'm not I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying that it might be a good idea to go on uh, Patreon.com slash our uh, uh, Jokerman and become a $5 pay-in-blood patron where you get two bonus episodes every month starting this month. 
and we're going to beginning be beginning with uh, the first two volumes of the Bootleg series. Yeah, possibly followed by the last album of uh, Lucky Wilbury proper with um, <laughs> Wilbury's Volume Three. William, William's Volume Three. Ian and I won't blast you But I can't make any promises That nobody else will If you don't do that Absolutely So um, this is not a threat And you know we really like you But I don't want to see you blasted So um, under the red sky Forever Anthony Fantano uh, (laughs) Jokerman All right no, I think that does it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just telling people not to fuck with the show. <laughs>